You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. As soon as Ty knows that he's got somebody that's got his back, his mouth just yeah. grows exponentially. It's just... I don't go looking for it. Oh, I don't go looking for it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian Ty is here as week seven has come to a close in the Canadian Football League. About the halfway point of the 2021 season. Just got to start the show by sending our condolences to the Ottawa GG's organization and the family of defensive lineman Francis Perrone. He ended up unexplaining, unexplicably passing away after the game against the University of Toronto over the weekend 25 years old man that's that's tough for football in Canada that's tough for his team that's tough for his family it's tough to talk about this Ty yeah like I mean at 25 you seem invincible right yeah it uh it's every parent's worst nightmare to, to outlive your child and you know and now his parents and the rest of his family have to go through that and it, it sucks and you know like you said his condolences out to family team you know even even just the OUA like I mean it, it's a loss of a family member really for those guys and um, you know it's just and like inexplicably uh, they don't know what happened or if they do know that nothing's been released yet it's just just, uh, just not an ideal way to to uh start a football season yeah what a what a tough situation for that family and that team we'll we'll get right back to the cfl games from this past weekend this episode of two and out brought to you by the business council of alberta if you've ever wondered what it takes to create a good life in an equally good society one where people business and the environment can flourish well Check out Alberta Better, a podcast by the Business Council of Alberta, and it's on a journey to understand what it takes to create a good life here in in Alberta and how we as Albertans, businesses, and governments can shape our society so everyone prospers. Find new episodes of Alberta Better on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen at businesscouncilab.com slash Alberta Better Podcast. That's Business Council ab.com slash alberta better podcast new episodes drop every other tuesday join two and out for cfl fantasy and cfl pick'em and show kura and ty what you got they are who we thought they were just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca enough from talking about it there has to be consequences and pick'em.cfl.ca all right ty <laughs> starting with uh, it's got to be by far the worst game of the week, the Hamilton Tiger Cats beating the Calgary Stampeders 23-17. I, I guess there were some plays made in the second half, but that first half was tough. That that That's preseason style football. <laughs> I have never been so happy to work. <laughs> the, the halftime show was actually more entertaining than the game. <laughs> then that's when I got home or well back to camp. And yeah, so I yeah. missed it. Uh, but well, I caught kind of, I was in and out of it. And from what I heard and from what I was texted by a few people, uh, it was probably the highlight of the night. Yeah. The Matt Dunnigan, Milt Stiegel pulled no punches when, mm-hmm. uh, talking about that game and kind of trashing both sides. For me, the Calgary Stampeders excuse was the Ticats defense and the Ticats excuse they were doing a classic game manager role for David Watford because he goes 19 of 22 for 149 yards. He did what Painful. he was told. He did what he was asked. He didn't turn the ball over. It actually just looked like Hamilton was afraid to have any sort of passing attack. 
and I, I guess it worked, right? Ha- Hamilton was playing bantam football. It was almost like they weren't allowed to pass the ball. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> and and I can't say I blame them, considering who their starting quarterback was. There's no no slight on David Watt. We, we haven't seen him play. Right. You know, in a, well, in a large amount. Well, he didn't amount, get much so practice. I, mean, I don't know. No, no I, I, so I don't know what everybody expected. I not going to lie, I'm probably never betting on the CFL again after this weekend, but <laughs> uh, this game went the exact opposite way that I thought it was going to. I think it went the exact opposite way a lot of people thought it was going to, and I, I think Hamilton kind of deserves credit for that. It was ugly, but if Hamilton had called... That, that's it, the only way they were going to win. Yeah. If Tommy Condell called the same game he has been all season then Calgary's defensive line was going to eat up Hamilton all night. Mm-hmm. And they never got the chance. There was all sorts of misdirection. They were running every which way. And, and I know it wasn't your traditional, you know, just because the leading rusher for the Ticats was David Watford with yeah. 30, 35, 35 yards. <laughs> but there was all sorts of sweeps and screens and all kinds of things. And I yeah. think it kept Calgary's D line off balance a little bit. Right. And, I mean, you can – that's one way, and we've seen teams do it against Winnipeg too. Uh, you know, with the screens and those little, uh, you know, block releases from the backs and, and the sweeps and everything to to mitigate the rush and, and the pressure you get from a defensive line. And Hamilton did really well uh, on Friday night, and you know, knowing who they had at quarterback, knowing what their game plan had to be. I mean, he only threw three incompletions. And, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, high percentage throws for sure. Game manager, we can throw that out there. But I mean, I don't know what else you do in that situation. It's not like he's he's not a gunslinger, and if he is, we don't know that yet. He's he's not going to go out there and throw the ball fifty times like you would see Trevor Harris or Michael Riley do. Uh, he he played the game he needed to play to win, and especially against a defense like Calgary that can you know they can feast on a tur- on turnovers. They can, uh, yeah. They can, get, they can get such good pressure on the quarterback, and their secondary is really good. Uh, and they just kind of negated that with 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 their offensive game plan. But what is Calgary's excuse, and and where does that team go at the quarterback position? I cre- credit did, did goes Bo to lose his job. <laughs> I don't know. That that might be a legitimate question, which is kind of crazy to see. 2022 starting quarterback for your Ottawa Red Blacks, Bo Levi Mitchell. <laughs> 16 of 28, 170 yards and an interception. Of, of course, credit goes to Hamilton mm-hmm. uh, and, and the defense. Their defense was basically at full strength. Simone Lawrence gets himself another touchdown. He, he's 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 scoring touchdowns. He's playing fast, and the whole he's, defense is, he your is playing East, fast. Is he your East uh defensive player right now hey that that is probably what he might be the defensive yeah. mop at this point of the season kadeem carry they couldn't get the running game going seven <laughs> carries 26 yards that was a nice uh, spot on my fantasy roster oh but for right four at, <laughs> on targets <laughs> right at the very end of the game jake mayer comes in nine of nine 80 yards it's a touchdown drive I think, and and the stamps have a buy here. Mm-hmm. Maybe the buy is coming at a good point, but I, I think Bo has proven he deserves a leash here. Well, but yeah. they're two and five. Maybe he gets one more game, and if he plays poorly again, Jake Mayer is going to have to be the guy for the mm-hmm. rest of the year. And I said it too uh, after. Saskatchewan lost to Winnipeg on the on Labor Day weekend. That and yeah, because it's not on Labor Day; it's Labor Day weekend. Um, that <laughs> <laughs> that their bye week, and you said it, you mentioned it too. Their bye week came at a terrible time. That a lot of momentum going in, uh, especially with a home mm-hmm. game against Winnipeg. They, they needed all the momentum they could get. Uh, you know, and maybe right now a bye week is the best thing for Calgary to kind of get them off the slide that they're on because I don't I don't know what else stops it other than the fact they cannot lose a game this week. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, losing Malik Henry in the return game mm-hmm. turned out to be <laughs> a big blow to the stamp. They couldn't who, who get anything done. Who is returning kicks for Calgary? The Keystone Cops? It was the Keystone Cops. <laughs> it's it bouncing so off. bad. <laughs> Well, the the fumbles and the the stuff in the first half on the kickoff returns were the most exciting part of the game. Oh, yeah, which is <laughs> oh, so bad. <laughs> and I don't know what it was. The, the Calgary Stampeders, they couldn't even find their footing. Mm-hmm. Huff has fallen all over the place. Carey has fallen all over the place. It, it was just a poor, poor showing. And with Kamar Jordan getting hurt... Not playing the second half, yeah. And I, I know they got the big seventy-four yard play to Luther Hakanavanu, which is probably the best name in the CFL right now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be top three. Yeah, it's definitely on the podium. <laughs> so Jordan going down, it, it really meant that the offense couldn't do anything after that. And good news is that Jordan's injury isn't serious. It, do, it does appear to be a hamstring, not the knee injury that he was coming off well, of. Well, him and Bradbury should but, be getting the same treatment then. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the biggest game gain from an offense in the first half came when uh, Mike Rose kicked Nikolai Kalinich uh, where you don't want to be kicked. <laughs> Oh man! Well, with all the kicking, with all the kicking troubles we've seen this year in the CFL, <laughs> maybe he's, he's got to get signed by Winnipeg. He's just auditioning. <laughs> and Dave Dickinson did not pull any punches, saying that he needs to grow up. He's had a few of those plays where it's cost his defense yards. Mm-hmm. He can't happen anymore. So the one streak still lives after this game. Orlando Steinauer still hasn't lost a game as head coach of the Ticats at home. That's ridiculous. It is very ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, The second half of uh, the Friday night doubleheader, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders beating the Toronto Argonauts 30-16. To To, to be, I'm going to be honest right now. I had Calgary... Laying two and a half and Toronto, or no, sorry, they were both. Calgary was plus two and a half. Toronto was plus three and a half. I'm like, Saskatchewan's yep. garbage. They're gonna they're gonna lose. And then like, there's no way Calgary loses to David Watford. And I lost fifty dollars. See, Ty, this is why I didn't uh, didn't parlay my bets. So yeah, I parlays still are ahead. sucker bets, but I'm just I'm a sucker for that for that payout. Just like it just keeps getting bigger and yeah. bigger. But the more games I add, much like today. Yeah. Where you know, <laughs> I uh, I broke even and then put all of my money in my account on the Chiefs plus five and a half on a live bet, and it's looking pretty good right now. So I'm gonna make it all oh, back. Okay, okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know what to say. I mean, the the Riders they go to William Powell, and what a difference it made. Yeah, for I'm, that who offense. Knew? Who knew that establishing the run with one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, would make that big of a difference in your offense. And next week, he's going to see the ball eight times. So, I mean, enjoy (laughs) it while it lasts. 21 carries, 122 yards. Maybe they smelled blood when both Enoch Mwamba and Cameron Judge get hurt. And if those guys aren't ready to go for the Argos going forward, Mm -hmm. that's going to be tough for that defense. Yeah, you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, yeah. You said smelt blood, so I went with the Jaws reference. Well, and I'm respecting the boat with the boat men. Like, that's that's so good on oh, so many I levels, man. didn't even catch that. Uh, <laughs> so Cam Judge leads the game. And now my first instinct was Achilles. He walked off the field under his own power, was later seen with a walking boot. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't touched on the play. And anytime yeah. you see that, it's usually never good. It's not and, good. Uh, Moamba's is another soft tissue injury, so those don't seem to those don't seem to heal all that nope. fast. And they, they've got the Alouettes coming to town on Friday. That'll be tough for the Argos. But the, William Powell with twenty one carries, one hundred and twenty two yards. Of course, he can still get it done. They just need to get him the ball. Yeah, and, and Toronto, you could almost take it as a win that they kept him out of the end zone. You, right, you, you gave up 120 rush yards, but you didn't let him get in the end zone. Uh, but you know, I mean, you hold Cody Fajardo to 212 yards. You 
you think you got a really good shot at winning that football game if you're Toronto. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you give up mm-hmm. 58 yeah. rush yards to Cody Fajardo, 122 to Powell, and, you know, the Keon Schaefer-Baker, not not comes out of nowhere, but, I mean, you know, nine, nine receptions for 99 yards and adds a touchdown in, like, I mean, one big number, and, uh, you know, Toronto just couldn't didn't seem to have a lot of answers for a lot of what the Riders were doing. They're tackling. Oh, my God. Their tackling looked like what I imagined our old high school team looked like on Friday night when they lost fifty six <laughs> to seven to to the Catholic high school across town. And as alumni, we should be demanding better. <laughs> Kyron Moore like bounces off of four Argos, and and that's not really what we've come to expect from the Argos. No. But that's been kind of. Uneven play. They haven't won two in a row, but they haven't lost two in a row. And they left a lot of opportunities Mm -hmm. on the field. They got stopped at the goal line Mm -hmm. by the uh, Rough Rider defense. There was dropped passes. I'm telling you, Devaris Daniels catches one or two of those balls. Toronto wins this game. This might be a different game. 100%. 100%. You, You even look at the fantasy numbers that Toronto put up. Uh, Arbuckle, 22-33 for 309, two touchdowns and a pick. Still 18.9 points. It's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not he's not considered a top, you know, in your top three quarterbacks uh, when it comes fantasy-wise, like when you're looking at guys to pick. But like Eric Rodgers, 19.7. DeVar Daniels, 16.7. Ricky Collins Jr., 15.1. But, I mean, yeah, Rodgers and Daniels aided by those touchdowns uh, that they both scored. But Saskatchewan kind of like went, with the pass defense, it was almost like a bend don't break. Like they just didn't. Yeah, they gave up the two touchdowns, but it never seemed like Toronto's passing game really got going. Or if it did, it, they were able. Saskatchewan was able to make a stop. The Argos ended up having six turnovers. Yeah, but that that also the, helps. The twelve penalties. Mm-hmm. They had two trips inside Saskatchewan's five yard line, and out of those two trips, they got three points. That's not going to win games in the no. CFL. <laughs> like, ask, ask ask Montreal. <laughs> ask Edmonton in in the West Final. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm I'm curious to see what the Argos are going to do regarding the running game here. John White. I mean, he looked good when he got the ball. He had over mm-hmm. five yards of carry, but, <laughs> but when he only you're fumbling had seven it, carries. Yeah, but when you fumble the ball, yeah. you start to. You start to lose those opportunities. It's just the way it goes. And DJ Foster yeah. and uh, Chandler Worthy, those guys are able to make plays. Yeah, and, and I mean, if if John White, you know, fixes the fumble issues that he has, and I'm not saying that he can't, I'm not saying that he won't, and but there's no reason why they can't run that that dual running back system because the, they both yeah. do. They both do different things so well between him and DJ Foster that it's going to keep defenses on their toes and, and create a lot more opportunities for the offense. Well, and Nick Arbuckle's got to start protecting the ball too. Yeah, you mm-hmm. mentioned the pick. He did have uh, an interception as well. And when he's throwing deep, it's not really looking all that accurate. And that's that's yeah. starting to hurt the Argos. And it did in this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the receivers, they need to pull up their socks a little bit as well in Toronto. It it wouldn't hurt uh, at some point for you know if it's hard when your quarterback isn't as accurate on the deep ball, but you know being able to yeah, adjust and come yeah. back to a ball and maybe at some point I know he only threw one pick, but sometimes as a receiver you have to play DB. You, you're the one that has to mm-hmm. break up exactly. an interception, right, uh, and prevent the turnovers and and but yeah, it, they they could help him out a little more. I I, I just. No, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. This is his first real starting gig, uh, other than when he took yep. over for an injured Bo Levi Mitchell. And I think that'll come. Uh, you know, just it's going to take a little bit of time to, like, yeah, he's he's played with Rogers and and stuff like that before. But I mean, it's still going to take some time. And I think as we as we get on further into the year, and maybe, <clears throat> sorry, uh, and and maybe these guys, you know, start to. I don't I don't want to say they don't have trust in Nick Arbuckle. But I, I just don't think they're accustomed to the to where he's throwing the ball, so to speak. Like where they like, yeah, they know their routes and where the ball should be. They're just not used to where the ball is coming from him. 
quite yet and where to you know where he's going to miss so once once they figure that stuff out and they're able to kind of come back to the ball or adjust their routes a little bit while the ball's in the air uh we could see them put up bigger numbers for sure prime example is eric rogers touchdown reception he put himself in between the ball and nick marshall and marshall mm-hmm. really just did that, not have a that's have not a hard for guys that. to do i mean yeah when was the last time you saw nick marshall play the man yeah it's just the ball, baby. Yeah. So if just you put if you ball. put yourself between him and the ball, you're either going to get a defensive pass interference, or you're going to get a real easy catch, and he's going to blow past you, and you're going to get an extra 15 yards. How about Keen Schaefer, Schaefer Baker? I, I know we already talked about him, but yeah. he gets the boundary wide receiver spot, basically where Shaq Evans was playing for 2,500 bucks. Kind of, kind of playing like Shaq Evans a little yeah. bit, and if Evans gets back in, all of a sudden the Things are looking quite fun in the Saskatchewan receiving core. You get two Canadians with the touchdown this week, mm-hmm. Braden Linnaeus and Schaefer Baker. Shaq comes back, and I think Ryder fans are excited to see that. That Ricardo Lewis, though. <laughs> you see that yeah. he's a fourth-round draft pick in the NFL, and uh, after this, it's saying, what are you even doing on the roster? <laughs> yeah. It's... it's wild how that works. Yeah. <laughs> But like you said, like when so when Shaq comes back, if you're able to keep Schaefer Baker in the lineup, which I think after you know the showings that he's they put out, to. they have to. <laughs> Le- Lenius has been good. Uh, you still have Kyron Moore. Uh, like I mean, they they could have a really good receiving core. William Powell gets going. That offensive line gets a little better, I would think, throughout the year as they work together more as a unit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and this this team, I. I I don't think they're going to win the West. Uh, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, you know, you, you, you're two games back. You're really four games back with tiebreakers. So, uh, you know, a home playoff game, I think, is well within re- well within the grasp of the way that this division's going right now. They just got to keep BC at bay, and I, I see them getting better as the season goes on. Saskatchewan and BC playing this week will be uh, will be quite the interesting game. Yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be a big one. So let's go to Saturday. The first half of that doubleheader, the BC Lions beating the Montreal Alouettes twenty seven eighteen. It was all about the big play with the mm-hmm. BC Lions and Lucky Whitehead. They made their big plays count, and Montreal yeah. just couldn't. Bottom line. Uh, yeah, uh, it seemed that all Montreal really had going for it was William Stanback. And granted, it's about yeah, it's about yeah. time, but nothing really went their way other than that. Still really inconsistent with Vernon Adams. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. thrown behind receivers, and but at sometimes you know Geno Lewis will you know drop the easy one and then. Yeah make the circus catch in double coverage, you, you just got to make all of those catches. Yeah, like make the easy ones and go 50% on the circus ones. It shouldn't be the other way around. Yeah, this isn't this isn't me in flag football. I'm not going to get cut. He, he can get cut. <laughs> Stand back 139 yards on the ground, and yet Geno Lewis was the leading receiver, but four catches on... 11 targets and of course the two returners getting hurt in this one Mario Alford and uh, Chris Rainey two of the most electrifying players that can make plays in the CFL but right now the most electrifying man in sports entertainment is Lucky Whitehead (laughs) six catches 133 yards including a 75 yarder nobody's gonna catch him no um, and I finally, this was the week that I didn't have him in my lineup. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Still outscored you. Oh, by point nine. All about that hey. Winnipeg defense. They wow. never ask how many. Did, did so, I win? So that last I minute you? interception. <laughs> <laughs> that last minute interception was the difference there. I, I can't yeah. believe it. I thought I was safe. gotta love those garbage time minus points (laughs) has dominic rhymes lost his job to Keon hatcher for good (laughs) that's a great question like does he go back to ottawa in the offseason and catch passes from bo levi mitchell 
<laughs> two games, two touchdowns. That's a pretty good ratio. I don't, how do you take him out? I don't know. He's he's looking like Riley's going to start looking his way. There was a, the drive mm-hmm. there in the fourth quarter when it was basically all him. Yep. Uh, you know, and you get a guy like that, uh, if you're Michael Riley, where, you know, he makes a couple of catches and you can kind of key in on him and the defense hasn't figured it out. Uh, and you get, when you have a quarterback like Riley, he's going to exploit that. And we saw that on Saturday night. This This game actually had some good kicking and when you see good kicking you have to mention it david cote going six for six jimmy camacho two for two including uh yeah the long 43 Mm -hmm. yarder there so i mean you got to pay attention (laughs) because there have been times even brett lother missed another two this year kicking is an adventure well i mean i don't know why somebody would buy a kicker's jersey while they're still on the roster (laughs) <laughs> Not going to name names, but you know who you are, Sheldon. <laughs> no, the remarkable thing here is that the Alouettes had 456 yards <laughs> net offense and, and kicked six and field no goals. touchdown. <laughs> like, when is like when's the last time you've seen somebody put up 450 yards and not score a touchdown? I, Madden, maybe that's got to be. <laughs> Like I got a real bad, I got a real bad habit of throwing the fade route in the in, in, from the five yard line and getting picked for a touchback. <laughs> well, there you go. TJ Lee has an interception in mm-hmm. the end zone. I mean, I guess they tightened up the Lions' defense did when they had to and kept them out of well, there. But the, that's a remarkable stat. Do the Lions not have a pick in every game? They're the only team. That's amazing. To have done that. And, like, T.J. Lee has been in this league for 40 years. <laughs> He's underrated, man. I, Nobody I ever really talks about T.J. Lee. No. It was him and uh, why can't I think of the other DB that was around forever with him in B.C.? Like uh, Phillips? Yeah. Phillips and, you know, or, Gary Peters. Banks. Banks. Yeah. Gary Peters was around there for, like, I mean, they they always seem to have. Marsh they had there for. Yes. Yeah. Mar- yeah. Like, they just seem to have DBs that can that can play and nobody ever talks about them. And it's not like in the. That's true. It's not like in the NHL where, you know, they're on the West Coast. Nobody gets to see their games because they're on too late. Like, I mean, they're, they're nationally broadcast games once a week and, and still nobody talks about, you know, their secondary. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they had Taylor Loeffler, mm-hmm. we'd talk about them more. But <laughs> He's still available. Sign yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, for Montreal here, without having their head coach, Kahari Jones, mm-hmm. it, it probably went better than I thought it would. And, and that's the same yeah. deal for Toronto. They, lo- they lost two coaches for quote-unquote personal reasons. Rich Stubler's calling the game, and that was the toughest game for their defense all year um but when montreal doesn't turn the ball over they win it sounds cliche but their wins this year no turnovers and their three losses seven turnovers so So that's clearly start live betting the owls the minute they turn the 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 ball over you're picking money line or the spread the other way yeah michael riley that guy he's got braces on every limb he He's questionable every single game. How he's not, how he is not coming out, like when BC comes out of the tunnel, how the glass doesn't break and the guitar <laughs> riffs start, I'll never understand it. Like he should be playing in jean shorts. Oh, I'd love that. 21 of 25, 308 yards, two touchdowns. He had 33 mm-hmm. rushing yards as well. I mean, everybody's talking about Zach Kalaros' MOP, but I think Riley's kind of <laughs> giving him a run for his money. Zach Kalaros had two good games. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Who's this? Pe- who are these people that were talking about MOP for Zach Kalaros? It was not me. Okay, it wasn't you. It might have been me. <laughs> yeah, don't don't you put that hate on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> you know the and then this next game where the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Edmonton Elks, tie. 
when this game started, it was 14 nothing, not long mm-hmm. in. And it ended up being 37 22 Winnipeg. I was worried it was going to be a 55 to one game or something for Winnipeg. It. <laughs> oh, I would have loved every second of that. <laughs> so, all things considered, with. Taylor Cornelius making his first ever CFL start. The Bombers getting up to a 14-0 lead. To their credit, the Elks fought back, and they they stayed in this game. And what got them back into the game was actually an interception in the end zone by Trumaine mm-hmm. Washington. And it was his second game in a row with an interception. And... The only two interceptions that the Elks defense has had this year, you compare that with the BC Lions, the Elks aren't really forcing turnovers at all. No, and you would think with their defensive line with the likes of Boateng and and Betts and Ceresna and all those guys that, you know, they would be getting a lot of pressure and making quarterbacks make bad decisions or throw under pressure and, and, you know, not throw good passes. And that just hasn't been the case. Uh, Granted, I mean, Aaron Grimes is going to say that you know, he defends a lot of passes, but it's just because they overthrow receivers and he claims them. But, um, yeah, for, for, for the defense, that front, that front seven they have, you know, and especially now with Moncrief, you'd expect the turnovers to start coming in bunches. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they will, maybe they'll start uh, mm-hmm. making that happen a little bit. They don't seem to be able to pressure the quarterback that much yeah. off the end. No. And, and uh, I mean, at the same time, this this game isn't a very good bearing of that with That's it true. being Winnipeg's <laughs> offensive line. And Jamarcus Hardrick's such a bully. Like, he's picking on people before the game that are, like, a <laughs> foot smaller than him and 200 pounds lighter. <laughs> I laughed at that. I was like, 29 on Edmonton? Just give up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Th- he's in your head. That's me with your brother. Yeah. That's me with your brother at the Bombers party Labor Day week in 2019, when everybody was trying to get was there, everybody was making fun of him and me wearing a Bombers jersey, started yipping back like a little Chihuahua, and knowing that if something happened, Patrick was still there. Yeah, as soon as Ty knows that he's got somebody that's got his back, his mouth just yeah. grows exponentially. It's just I don't go looking for it. Oh, I don't go looking for it. Really. <laughs> 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 now, depends on who it is that's the story like <laughs> winnipeg's offensive line there it mm-hmm. is i mean they were just all over uh edmonton yeah. harris had 97 yards on the ground it's just like every time that they give him the ball it's it's five yards and yeah. when when you're in second, like second and short, down real yeah. easy yeah and when you can't tackle just like on that Nick Dembski rushing touchdown for 21 yards. Bishop Sycamore in the house. <laughs> what was that? Th- that um, that was... Uh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, and, and, and that's, of course, before the Elks fought back in this game. And they had a mm-hmm. lead. 16-15. Yeah. Um, and- I was never worried at that point, though. <laughs> I've heard it said, and that no Zach, lead is safe. And Zach Kalaros made almost the same mistakes as Taylor Cornelius did. The mm-hmm. difference is Winnipeg can kind of recover from those, and they did have a fourteen-point lead before those mistakes happened. Yeah. But when Winnipeg misses a field goal, and if you would have given up the single point, it would have been a tie game, and I'm pretty sure Edmonton would have been happy with that and the field position. Yeah, you're not stuck inside your own 10. But you take the ball out of the end zone. You end up pinned deep in your own end for your young quarterback making their first ever CFL start. Literally in the shadows of his goalposts. Yep. And there's a pick six to DeAndre Alford, who maybe there's the DB of the week that we got to talk about here. Two interceptions. He forces a fumble on Darrell Mm -hmm. Walker. Darrell Walker's getting paid the big bucks, and this year he's not making it happen. And this week, covered by a rookie, the rookie won. Uh, yeah, that's that's safe to say. Uh, usually, when, when I go through the stats, I'll look like I put them. I put guys in order. Like we always go quarterback, running back, then all the receivers. Right. Um, I usually don't worry about guys who are under ten points. 
I didn't even see Darrell Walker show up on my spreadsheet. It was that he was that far down. Two catches for like, thirty-four that, yards. No, that's five point four points. <laughs> Not even half of what Mike Jones got. <laughs> Look, some of them are on, you know, the quarterback's throws. For sure. But Walker has I mean, not it, it hasn't like... been a good season to as a whole. Yeah. 87 is season, like, looking different. Yeah, he's looking like a Darius Bowman when he had the dropsies. <laughs> Mike Jones. There. Mike Jones, the leading receiver. There was a lot of Mike Jones who in this game because there was Mike Jones as a DB for the Bombers as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That he gets did not show up on my stat sheet. <laughs> what did you think about Taylor Cornelius? I know there were three interceptions, but 19 of 33 mm-hmm. for 243 yards. The interception for a touchdown is a big mistake. Getting fumbled, mm-hmm. Big Hill returning that for a touchdown is a mm-hmm. big mistake. But the perception I got from Elks fans, <laughs> you know, in the bathroom, the guys discussing the game, they they felt hope with Cornelius on the bus they after also, the game. They're also the same people that thought James Franklin was a starter. <laughs> on the bus after the game, some Elks fans were impressed by his performance. From what I could pick up, why? But but between the guy whining about vaccines, they seemed. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I had well, to listen I mean, to that right, for 20 minutes. You're, you're right in the heart of it there. I mean, oh, I holy. Like, Dude, you were just at the game. <laughs> so clearly yeah. you have it. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Uh, so oh. you weren't a fan of Taylor Cornelius, were you? No. Why? What was there to be excited about? <sighs> it's, there's something to build off of, you know? Oh, my I, God. There were, you don't think so? He could move. He could move the pocket to keep plays alive. He could use his legs a little bit. He's got yeah, arm and strength. in five in five weeks, he's not going to get any more reps. Okay, what if he was playing Ottawa instead of Winnipeg? Because I think we almost need to Ottawa consider that. Up, if, he, if he's playing <laughs> Ottawa, and puts up these numbers. I'm cutting them. <laughs> That's true because we got to consider that because look at what Saskatchewan looked like against much, Winnipeg. Much like I'm cutting the Toronto. entire defensive line on the Riders next time they go offside at the goal line because that's just <laughs> stupid. That's still happening across the league. I don't get it. I don't that, get it. it. You you should be banned from the league. You'd be cut <laughs> and on like on the commissioner's exempt list. Like you cannot get signed. Um, no. It, yeah, great. He's got mobility, but 243 yards. He throws three picks, you know, just above 50% completion. I, yeah, great. If you guys want to be happy, be happy. I, but I just, I I couldn't be less impressed. I guess I thought it could have been worse. So maybe that's me, the glass oh, is half Well, yeah, you could have threw four picks. <laughs> and I mean, J- James, Wilder, James Wilder gets two rushing touchdowns and 71 yards. Makes the game a little bit more respectable. Without James Wilder, this game is an absolute boat race. The loudest Commonwealth Stadium got on Saturday night was a Dakota Prukop's forty-four yard run. That was that was something to watch. Man. Well, I have a feeling. I have a feeling next home game the loudest is going to get is at halftime when Mbop starts. <laughs> I've never been more upset that I'm missing an Elks game. <laughs> the last time Edmonton and Calgary. Both missed the playoffs was 1949, the first season that Edmonton entered the CFL. Oh, my goodness. And that could actually happen. (laughs) I want to ask you uh, what you Uh thought of Elizondo throwing the challenge flag on the first drive. So Darvin Adams catches a touchdown pass they throw the challenge flag for pass interference well guess what the drive ended in a touchdown pass to darvin adams anyway <laughs> like yeah it really like i i get it because he's got the rookie quarterback and he doesn't want to get him behind the eight ball early but if you're gonna give up the touchdown anyway well i guess it's more of a conversation if they got it wrong but yeah he was right anyway yeah yeah uh, at the same time, I don't know if I agree with that call either. Right, right. 
So, I mean, he, I think he was, it was a 50-50 chance, and he took the chance. And, yeah, it probably helps out his, his uh, quarterback there if they don't give up that touchdown anyway. Uh, but I, I see, I get, I get the reasoning if that's what he was thinking. Like, yeah, I don't want, you know, I've got a rookie who's never started before. Don't need him down early. Uh, but in, at the same time, it's it's the first drive of the game. Like, I don't care what the circumstances are. I'm not doing that. Kenny Lawler only had the one catch for 30 yards. That uh, that mm-hmm. was something. That was something else. Um, according to Mike O'Shea. Through the bye week here, they're going to be sticking with the field goal kicker, Ali Mortada. Why? Who missed a field goal from 28, 51, and 44. I can make that field goal from 28 yards. <laughs> Next time we're in the same spot, we're hitting a football field. I want to see if you can kick a 28-yard field goal. Okay. Done deal. Yeah, I got to see this happen. I, I think my range is about 14 yards. <laughs> I'm definitely bringing the Rub A535 because I won't be walking to the to the vehicle afterwards. <laughs> yeah, torn groin on the 28-yard field goal yeah. attempt. I got to see this. <laughs> oh, it's going to be real great, too, because I won't be home till Christmas, so there should be lots of snow. <laughs> okay. Top fantasy performers for Week 7, Ty. Okay, quarterback, uh, well, of course... Fajardo, 26.3. Michael Riley, 23.6. Nick Arbuckle snuck onto the podium at uh, 18.9, which wow. he had the two two of the three highest guys in, in the same game. Uh, yeah. Running back, James Alder Jr. led the way at 25.1. Standback at 15.8. William Powell at 15.7. And your wide receivers, Lucky Whitehead, uh, thought he was really literally going to run away with it. Ha, 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 ha. Um, twenty five point four. Thank God you laughed because that was so bad. Uh, Shafe and Bake with twenty four point nine. Eric Rogers twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, Darvin Adams eighteen point three. Devaris Daniels sixteen point seven. Uh, seven and eight two. Nick Dembski at sixteen and Ricky Collins Jr. at fifteen. Like Toronto had three of the top eight receive or three of the top seven receivers and didn't win the football game. Wow! 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 I had to start two $2,500 players because uh, when Shaq Cooper was out, and I, by the time I saw it, <laughs> my mm-hmm. guys were done. So I, I just had to throw in James Butler. Thankfully, he did get a touchdown to get double digits. But if he didn't get the touchdown, it would have been ugly. My top performer was my defense. <laughs> yeah, two TDs from the Bombers. That paid off. Yeah, two fumble recoveries, three picks, and a sack. Wow. 23 points. I win uh, my Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge with Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast, 87.9 to 43.5. It was just... Sorry, Rod, that's, that was an ugly game. <laughs> that is... Right now, that's that's the Orioles versus the Diamondbacks. <laughs> we both go 2-2 two and two and pick them. Uh, after no. Friday night, it was not looking good. What a... <laughs> What a joke Friday night was. That was so bad. <laughs> so uh, we go to the two and out fantasy group. Shout out to a guy using the handle two and out who uh, doesn't start a flex and got 129.7 points. Like, how is that even possible? Michael Riley, James Wilder Jr., DJ Foster, Lucky Whitehead, Keen Schaefer Baker in the bomber defense. But it doesn't count because he didn't have a full lineup, so it doesn't <laughs> really matter, does it? I don't care if it's your defense or your flex position, you gotta have a full lineup. Full lineup, and if you don't have it, you're a cheater, right? It's er- erroneous. <laughs> All right, and uh, if I go to pick 'em. The two and out group, which you can join at pickem.cfl.ca. The winner. You could join right now and be ahead of us. That's true. It's been a rough season. (laughs) Uh, Paul Football was the the winner this week. Uh, This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Rumi. If you've got cold drafts, flickering lights, and 
You're wondering where that leak is coming from. And if you've really wondered what's going on in your home, no matter where it is, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. Now, Ty, this is a little bit different way to wrap the show because week eight is a wacky one. We got a game on Wednesday. The Hamilton Tiger Cats taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Right now, the Tiger Cats are 10.5 point favorites. The over under is set at 41.5. Now, before Ottawa we hit record, cover, 100%. <laughs> see, now before we hit record. I kind of said this might be Ottawa's last chance to win a football game this year. <laughs> it, it's, it reminds me a lot of Bull Durham when he's like, 8 and 16. How do we ever win 8? How'd they ever win 1? Let alone have a chance to win 2. <laughs> the reason I say that is because they're coming off a of bye week. Hamilton is... Coming off a game with Calgary just on Friday night, Ottawa's already practiced. Now, when it comes Mm -hmm. to the CFL veterans, it's looking pretty ugly, but Devontae Dedman is back in there. I'm guessing they're going to have the debut, maybe, of Kenny Stafford in the receiving core. Natai Rogers on the offensive line hasn't practiced yet. Brandon Galanders is practicing at a full capacity. I mean, the running game should... Should be lights out. <laughs> I love now, Ty. <laughs> the Red Blacks signing former Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Devlin I'm, I already Hodges. Ordered it. Ar- already ordered it. You're getting a Red Blacks Hodges I'm, jersey, dude. Duck, Duck Hodges. Why not? <laughs> Now, I, I don't know if he's going to be the future of this franchise, but they did sign him to a three-year deal. Um, he's been on the Red Blacks negotiation list for four years. If Dom Davis loses this job to Delvin Hodges, who's never taken a snap, what does that tell you about Dom Davis? Hey, this is pretty big, man. If he's... it happens. If it happens. If it happens. He started six games in the NFL all with the Steelers. He's only 25. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to be their starting guy next season. Maybe he gets into the I games. Have to, and then year. I have to cheer for Ottawa. Hey, if this works out for Ottawa, this, this will be big for them. He's still young mm-hmm. and everything like that. And they've got an entirely new receiving core. Former Dallas Cowboys yeah. receiver Terrence Williams coming in. Obviously, you got to get these guys through quarantine you got to get them used to the cfl game all sorts of things but at least the red blacks are trying to make changes because what they were Mm -hmm. doing before wasn't going to (laughs) work uh no that's that's fair to say and you know if let's say delvin hot like yeah he's signed he gets through his quarantine joins the roster he'd probably be on the practice roster or whatever uh i think having matt nichols around is going to be a huge a huge positive for him oh yeah yeah having never taken a snap in the cfl right so, I mean, if if he is their quarterback of the future, which, I mean, the way Dom Davis has played hasn't been horror-awful. It hasn't been great. Uh, at the same time, the, the, the way this team was constructed this year, it was constructed to tank. Yeah, yeah. I, I, anybody who thought this team was going to make playoffs was on something. <laughs> yeah, they... <sighs> It's really sad how the season started for fans of that team. I'd be pretty, pretty choked. Um, but clearly, they were in, it, they had to be instructed to save money with, you know, the whole situa- situation we're in right now. If you had to bet, who's starting? Well, I don't at, have to, but I'm going to. Who's starting at quarterback for the Tie Cats? Is it Mazzoli or Watford? Watford. You never, you never critique a win, Randy Carlisle. <laughs> if it ain't broke, why would you? Why would you change it? 
Why'd you fix it? <laughs> this is big for the Thai Cats. Uh, Braylon Addison tweeting, I'm coming. So I'm guessing that means he might be making his season debut on Wednesday, and that would be a big addition for the Thai Cats. <laughs> Oh man, me too. Can, can we me even too. say that joke? Ah, uh, like seriously, are we not doing phrasing anymore? <laughs> well, it's spelling. No, I, mean, I guess it's <laughs> yes. You'd be a welcome addition. You'd be a welcome addition to that receiving core and, and another another uh, weapon for Watford. Uh, you know, yeah, he's not really stretching the field, but I mean. If you can get the ball in Braylon Addison's hands, he's he's able to make people miss and, and gain gain positive yards. So uh, it's never a bad thing when you can add weapons to the offensive side of the football. I'm starting to really uh, wonder if Poppy White's going to have a massive breakout. They gave him six carries against the Stampeders. He had three catches. Tim White mm-hmm. is really doing well as well. He had double-digit fantasy points uh, in mm-hmm. the receiving the game only, against Calgary. The only receiver for Hamilton with double digits. The only... Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and we've seen... They threw for 149 yards. What were you expecting? <laughs> and no... So, and like, yeah. Like, so you're looking at 14.9 points. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Right? <laughs> minus receptions i guess we've seen them do this with braylon addison where he's kind of getting the ball from all over the field so if mm-hmm. he's healthy and brandon banks he had over 200 rushing yards 36 carries in 2019 a rushing touchdown yep. as well so if they're gonna have you know four or five guys that are capable of Rushing the ball, <laughs> Watford will be a happy camper. Yeah, um, Braylon Addison, second highest receive, second highest points against Ottawa in the receiving core for for Hamilton right now on the active on the roster. So, and the way Ottawa's defense is, I I see that you know if he plays and with Watford there, uh, you know, and the way that Condell is moving that. With the waggle and, and the pre-snap motion and everything, I, I see him being able to put up big numbers if he's in the lineup. Addison had 11 catches for 160 yards against the Red Blacks <sighs> in 2019. That's 27 points. That's two games. I should Travis. clarify that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you, okay, that's not that you, impressive. You, then. <laughs> <laughs> it's two years ago. I've... Like, <sighs> Probably drank more Cokes than he had yards. <laughs> so, Red Blacks, Thai Cats, you know what? I will take Hamilton to win straight up just because of the Thai Cats defense and the way they're playing. But yeah. I that 10.5 points, it's, it's tempting oh, if, if to... You, you take Ottawa. Like, Hamilton's laying 10.5. Come on. Dom Davis. You're all in. Answer. I love it. I love this. I'm, I'm never in. I'm never going to bet on the CFL again, and then he sees Ottawa plus ten and a half. I'm in. How do you walk away from that line? How do you walk away from that line? That's how they get you, Travis. Join the dark side. Let the hate flow. Enjoy Wednesday night football, baby. <laughs> we'll be back to talk to you on Thursday. I guess, after that uh, Thai Cats and Red Blacks game. Uh, give two and out a rating and a subscription wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you in a few days. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.